Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. It would be different if you turned it down and then resumed Netflix. Yes. (laughs) The goal is not to have the most people in your database. The goal is the deepest relationships. Mm -hmm. You're choosing to work better for the clients that you're getting and for the database people you're keeping. Hello, (laughs) hello, like I just texted you. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi Alyssa. Hey Katie. It's episode 153. Okay. Um. We don't want to work with everyone. No. <laughs> I don't want to um, work with you. Um, uh, pick and choose your clients. Why? You don't need everyone. Why you don't need everyone. What the poverty I- mindset. <laughs> what I don't that? know. That's yeah. where we're going today. We're, we're going to talk about, I don't want to be everyone's realtor is what I wrote down. Yeah. that's. What but I- also just niche. General niche, niche. Kind of another, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yes. But why you want that. Yeah. And why you don't want to be everyone's realtor. Mm-hmm. And what the heck are we talking about? Oh, wait. Okay. So the flip report. Okay. Let's hear it. I have bought the home. <laughs> oh, hooray. I got all my final numbers in. Okay. I was waiting on the AC numbers. Okay. It's going to be about $3,000. Oh, right. Because you told us last week they were excited that the ceilings were exposed. Yes. Okay. So it's going to be about $3,000 to replace all the ductwork and run the ductwork into the storage room. Perfect. That's fine. That's great. Okay. Um, And I got the numbers back from my contractor. And we are just waiting to close. But I did tell him to go ahead and start cleaning up the landscape. Right. For sweet Celia, the neighbor. So jazz. Yes. So that way it doesn't look. Terrible. Celia, the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. So, <laughs> so yes, that's where we are right now. I'm just, I'm going to close and then we will start quickly and see how it goes. Okay. That's it. I want I'm more. just waiting. I know. I know. I have to She's, wait. I want you all to know that I am learning it right along with you, but I'm getting annoyed and I might jump ahead and <laughs> off record. Yes. <laughs> I need yes. to know more. Tell me I want to know right away. Okay. Well, do, 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 the end. The end. Okay. So let's go back to last week when we talked with our friend Whit Green, the home inspector. Mm-hmm. Because when you were talking about let's have Whit on and this is, you know, we both have used him as an inspector. Um, you know, this is kind of his situation with his business. You mentioned, you know, he's great because he doesn't want to work with every realtor. Like he has kind of a certain person that he's looking for how they and and now that we've talked to him we understand it's more about how that agent makes him feel it's just very refreshing to talk to someone that's in our industry 
that isn't so – I feel like anytime you talk to a, a lender or a home inspector or any vendor, they're always so aggressive. More, more, more. More, more, more. I want it, it all. I want all the business. It was nice to just be able to be with someone that well, right. and so doesn't want everybody. He even talked about how he took on a second inspector because he got so busy that he couldn't he was turning away too much, I guess. Mm -hmm. But he was very open and said, I will not hire any more inspectors. I don't want to grow the business any bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. And so what's nice about that, and this can happen in your real estate business too, once you get busy and then you get more business and it doesn't fit into your schedule or your plan, you can refer out the stuff you don't want. Exactly. Like the people that aren't nice to you, like the locations you don't feel like driving to. Like you get this nice... Um, ability to kind of tailor your clients to what you want, right? Yeah, it's it's not always about having to get bigger. Right. But I kind of feel like that's a whole nother episode. Oh, Like yeah. I'm getting excited about talking about that and how, well, I mean, if you want to make a team, a team is fine. Right. But it's also fine to just enjoy your business and enjoy your clients and Okay, well, not feel the need to have yes. to hire more or grow more. Right. Let's talk about that because I, um, you know, I do my vision statements and my you know, affirmations and I've been doing them for many years. And I would always have that internal struggle where I'm a competitive person. I feel like I want to do more, more, more just because, well, it's like I'm in some type of, you know, competition. I'm being ranked, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then finally, one day I was like, okay, my goal for this year, but just, just, just say, I don't remember what year this was. My goal for this year is 30 transactions. Okay. I, I physically cannot sell all of the houses that get sold in this market. Right? Right. I only want to sell 30 of them. And it was really good for me to think about it like that. Like, why am I so, every time I drive by a house with somebody else's for sale sign, I feel like this twinge of jealousy, like, oh, so-and-so got another listing or so-and-so is, you know, above me in the rankings. Well, why do I care? I only had room in my life and a desire to sell 30 houses. Right. Why did it matter? If if that is true, if what I'm saying is true and I only want to sell 30 houses, it can't also be true that I want to sell all the houses. Mm -hmm. Like someone else has to do it. And we have to be okay with that. Right. It's getting to a place where if you see someone having a closing that you feel happy for them or yeah. it's it is very much poverty mindset related when you oh, feel yeah. like there's not it there's not enough for all of us right you know I have to get as much as I can I like that you call it poverty yeah poverty scarcity scarcity it's the same thing but like yeah. you feel like there's not going to be another one if you turn away a client that's it business right. is over right when we're closing close up shop it's this all over could also be okay if it's a friend that didn't use you. Right. You well, know, there's, you can't win everybody. You know what would be great is if every time you drove by a sign, you said to yourself, yes, the market is um, healthy. Yes, there's mm -hmm. more inventory. Yes, mm -hmm. there's another house I can be the buyer's agent on. Like, you know, if you can look at it like we all are in the same market and we all, we can't do it all. You just mm -hmm. can't do it all. And there will be another house. There'll be another listing. There'll be another. Maybe that same friend will come back around in five years and say, I I need you now. Right. Like, you, it's just. 
it really is mindset. Mm -hmm. So much mindset. Um, I think what was kind of interesting, the way Witt was talking about it was he had been in a corporate, you know, retail management job where he had a boss and probably, you know, several bosses all the way up the chain, right? He had to follow the rules and things were, you know, already decided for him and it wasn't a very pleasant work environment. And he was like, I get to decide my work environment now, mm -hmm. just like we do as a realtor. But if you let anyone be your client and anyone treat you any way, then you don't decide. Yeah. You, you kind of have to like take those cues and like, realize, well, I have to turn someone away if mm -hmm. I want to set this up where I have a certain type of client or a certain type of behavior. And this isn't even about if you're if you've made it to a point where you're busy enough to turn away. Mm -hmm. Anybody can turn away anything at any time. That's the yeah. beauty of our job is that if you don't want to drive 45 minutes to show the house that's not your area, you don't have to. Yeah. There was a new agent recently who had gotten a lead, but the house was like an hour and a half away. Oh, my. But it they were very serious. They were very eager, and she just felt like she had to go. Okay. I did not think that this should – you <laughs> should. Okay, first of all, you don't know that market. You don't know the market. You don't – you know, all those things. But but the desire for the paycheck right. overrode. Okay. okay. So they, they did, mm -hmm. and they made the sale, and it was fine. Okay. But I think another way to handle it would have been to say, I understand that I don't have anything else going on. So you feel like you can't turn it down. Yes. But if I do turn it down, I'm going to intentionally do something better with my time. Right. It would be different if you turned it down and then resumed. Netflix? D yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you said, because I'm not going to drive an hour and a half, I'm going to dedicate an hour and a half to... Handwriting letters yeah. or scheduling a few coffee dates yeah. or scheduling lunches with friends or joining some clubs or working on something. Being intentional with the time that you saved right, so that your business will grow and it will be local good business yes. with people that you want to be in business with. Yes. That's kind of why I'm also against like a billboard, say. <laughs> right? A billboard is just put your name and your face out there and basically says, I will work with anyone. 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 And it's not the message that you want to send out. And if you take the money that you were going to spend on that mm -hmm. and spent it in a different way, whether that be right. by sponsoring some local things or cutting some people's grass or... Anything, anything, anything that would make a big impact, yeah. you would get such better business right. that way. Right. The business that you want. Mm -hmm. I'm also, it's the same. Okay, so when we talk about this in reference to a niche, it's like if you say you work everywhere and with everyone, then you're not an expert in anything or anyone. Yes. If I say, if I know that my niche is move up buyers in a certain zip code and I talk about that and I share information about, you know, the park system there, or maybe I share like the school websites, or maybe I talk about the restaurants there, whatever it is. 
if you put out there that that is your niche, then people are going to start coming to you and be like, well, I see that you're an expert because mm-hmm. you're always talking about it. Does it mean you can't sell a house half an hour away from there? No, it just means that you're you're talking to the people who you want to be your clients, yes. right? Like I want to work in this neighborhood or I want to work in this zip code or I want to work with move up buyers because for me, that was my most recent kind of niche I was working. I love the challenge of figuring out how to coordinate those two things. Mm-hmm. I love that it was kind of a dance and that you really had to think it through. Maybe that's not something a brand new agent would want. Maybe they love a first-time buyer because they just bought their first house. Like yeah. maybe there's someone that you feel like you can relate to better. Maybe you're a downsizer. All those things. When you talk to someone specific, then they know you're talking to them. Yes. And they connect faster and better and they know that you're going to be able to help them. Mm-hmm. Like you could have talked about all of your aging in place information from your senior designate. Like you can literally pick any niche and then learn about that and then talk to that. And it, and then those are, that's your people. Well, I've shared before that there's a, a lady in my office. She's a older lady. She does great business and she is a ballroom dancer. Oh yeah. So she, as her work, I mean, she is always at the practices. Right. She travels with the group. She goes to support them. And then she gets all this business from her ballroom group. What great business. While she's dancing. While she's dancing. <laughs> she's like, I love dancing. Yes. That's why I, I always say like it's our, as realtors, we have the best job yes. because it's our job to be with our friends. Doing whatever we want to do. Putting our face out there. Like uh-huh. it's our job to go to the tailgates and mm-hmm. hop around and yeah. see people. And right. Other professions are like, I wish I had time to see my friends. Right. And you could just see your friends. And as, that's it. As a habit. And that's run, it. And that's your business. Yeah. I, that is so true. I saw a quote that said, 90% of your problems as a business mm-hmm. come from 10% of your customers. Oh, that's really good. So you know those people. The troublemakers. Or those customers that are never going to respect your boundaries yeah. or are always going to be, you know which ones drive me the most nuts that I'm just like, I'm not going to work with you anymore. What? Tell me. The ones that just like pop in and are like, I think I want to buy a house, da, da, da. And then you like kind of start helping them. And the next thing you know, they're like, we bought a house. You're like, okay. Or like they're always talking to other agents mm-hmm. or non like, the non-committal. It, it feels good to say, hey, it's actually like not how this works. Right. I can't do that. I would love to help you, but I need to make sure that if I'm dedicating my yeah. time to you, that you're loyal to me. Right. If they're not loyal, you just, it's okay to say, hey, you know, I understand you're not at a place where you're ready to commit to working with a realtor. Let me know if you ever get there and I'd be happy to help. Yeah. But the, especially in this, in the market when we've had, it's hard for a buyer to buy a home because of the lack of inventory. I've had more than one person say, hey, look, I'm looking to buy. Like if you see anything that meets this criteria, just send it to me. You know, whatever agent sends me the like the best. Is the one I'll work with. Yeah. I've had people say that to me too. Like, no, actually, I'm not going to think of you at all. Right. Like if I see a house that you're looking for, I'm going to send it to my client. (laughs) Right. I have Because you're not my client. You don't even want to work with me. Right. But I think that we're realtors are so used and abused so used because abused. they have allowed it for mm-hmm. so long mm-hmm. but it's okay for us to say hey actually i dedicate my time and business efforts to those that i am in a working relationship with yeah 
Like, you don't ask a CPA to kind of do your taxes. Right. Can you give me some tax advice? But I'll just use TurboTax. Yes. I mean. Great. Good. Right. Same same exact example. That's okay, right? Um, It's funny because those, the 10% you're talking about, the troublemakers out of the, you know, Mm -hmm. 10% of your clients cause 90% of your problems, they don't go on your database. Y'all stop collecting people. Right. You don't, if you didn't like them, if they were mean to you, if they were trouble, if they, what, they don't go in your database. Your database should be the sacred place where you know, like, and trust those people and they know, like, and trust you. If you look at that list and there's a person on it that you would be uncomfortable calling, texting, emailing, you know, Facebook messaging, whatever. If you're like, ooh, I don't really want to reach out and say, hey, how are you? remove them. The goal is not to have the most people in your database. You almost want to keep it very condensed. Right. The goal is the deepest relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I just said this to someone the other day. I don't remember who it was. I'm like, if you have 20 A++ pluses on your database, and that means you have 20 people who would refer you to anyone they know who is buying or selling. They would be offended if someone used a different agent. They are like your advocates, right? 20 of those people is better than 500 randoms C's, in your, yeah. B's, whatever, mm-hmm. that, are, that are just, oh, maybe I would use you. Yeah. If you sent me a million trillion touches, mm-hmm. then I, yeah. I might remember who you are. No. Your goal is to deepen as many relationships as you can to where the people are tr- who want to work with you and want others to work with you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just really about, you know, mindset and understanding. You're choosing to work better for the clients that you're getting and for the database people you're keeping, right? Yes. Not, oh, I'm turning people away. It just means that allows you all this time to, di- to dig deeper and to do better and to prov- provide more to your a pluses, your good clients, your great database people. Yeah. I just, I think it's, it's really just how you look at it. Well, ha- the efforts that you're putting forth are going to attract the type of business that you're getting. Yeah. So if you're doing billboards or mass media. Right. You, you just don't really have any control over what you're getting. Yeah. But if you're being intentional with joining some local groups and meeting people and, really seeking the kind of business that you want, yeah, that's going to be the best kind of business. Oh, here's another one you had in the notes about the people you turn away. Telling people it's okay, like if you get a lead, a phone call, or any type of lead that says, oh, I am working with another agent, and you say, that's okay, they're great, or whatever, okay, good luck, bye-bye. That also is putting out into the universe. Hopefully, that happens to you when your client goes rogue and calls another agent, and they're like, Oh, well, I'm kind of, or I'm working with Alyssa and the other one's going to say, well, keep working with her. Oh, good. Yeah, go, they're great. Go back. Don't call me. But I think just um, turning people away where it's appropriate ethically is yeah. also kind of key. Mm-hmm. So I actually found some good tips Ooh. for if you have lost someone that you thought might work with you and you okay. find out they're working with somebody else. Okay. I wish I would have. I-, I will say there's probably... Two or three times as a newer agent when I was hurt yeah. by someone yeah. that I really thought was going to use me and mm-hmm. didn't. And I wasn't strong enough to handle it the way yeah. I would handle it now because right. I was new. I was fresh. I was counting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just also didn't have the right mindset. Yep. Now, 
it's much easier, but here are some tips if that happens to you. The first thing to do is don't try to sell them. Don't try to get them back. Yeah. Don't grovel. Just let them go. Don't grovel. Let it go. Accept that they are using somebody else as an agent. Do ask them if there's anything you, for feedback. Yes. Anything I could have done better. Yeah. Anything I could have done better. If if you lose a listing interview, Mm -hmm. don't say, oh, but please. No. Just say, oh, okay. I I understand. Is there anything I could have done better? Yeah. Um, Implement the feedback that they give you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Do let them know if you have made a change based on their feedback. Oh. So, hey, Mr. Seller, I just wanted to say thank you so much for letting me know that you chose the other agent because you felt really good about their resume. I I have really taken the time to update my resume, and I'll be ready to go the next time I go on a listing interview. I just wanted to say thank you for giving me feedback. What great feedback. I know. I loved that. Okay, that was good. Um, do make it easy for them to leave. Okay. So it needs to be a peaceful right. exit. They don't need to feel sorry for you yep. or, you know, because look, these people are going to come back. Or they just exist in the world where they're going to talk about you. Yeah. Like, like you're wow. in a community where mm-hmm. these people, oh, you know what that makes me think of? There are some, and not that <sighs> there's anything wrong with this practice, but there are some, you know, brokerages where if you cancel a listing agreement like the house doesn't sell you cancel their fees right like right, marketing right. fee or a whatever whatever we're going to charge you for leaving we're charge us. you and we're going to hold you to it and you're not we're not letting go of you i was always like in my listing appointment like, look it's a six-month agreement if you want to cancel at any time fine if you if we're not working out if you want to fire me because we're not working out that's fine there's yeah. no penalty for you to cancel and that feeling that they're not trapped with you also makes the decision a little bit easier mm-hmm. where they're not like, well, I don't want to get stuck with this thousand dollar fee if I don't want to work with you anymore. And right. Whatever. But just like, it's OK. Yeah. Move go. on. Yes. I don't care. It's fine. Um, one of the other things to do after this has happened is go back to your current customers and give them a little bit of extra love. Oh, okay. So kind of like, wow, I just lost someone. But you know what? I'm going to go back over here to all Mm -hmm. these people that have worked with me or have trusted me. And maybe I'm going to just write some thank you notes. And maybe I'm just going to send some Facebook messages or comment on a few people's things. I'm just going to show up in their lives. Yes. And then you could also ask your existing clients for feedback also. Okay. So this would be good. Like if you have a listing or some pending transactions, like, hey, guys, I'm just reevaluating my business, checking in. Is there anything that I could be doing better for you? Yeah. Is there anything? Right. Because it's never too late to turn around a situation. Yeah. You don't have to. You can always ask for feedback. Yeah. But it's just these are some coping mechanisms to help you with your mindset mm-hmm. of being scared of or hurt that somebody didn't use yeah. you. It, it really brings you back to the gratitude of the ones that you do have and thinking of ways to be intentional with your time. Yeah. The biggest thing is that agents don't want to lose business. Right. But if you can think of it more about the quality of your business and how am I being intentional with my time and my efforts, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, because if you take the business that makes you unhappy and you're struggling and there you have a client who's not nice to you and they're taking up all of your time running you to a million different locations for all these showings and constantly harassing you and it's unpleasant 
And then that pours over into the next client that calls you or texts you or wants to make, maybe you don't even have time to go on the showing with a good client because you're spending all this time with the clients that aren't even nice or don't make you feel happy. Like you have to think about how is it affecting you outside of just the time you spend with them? Mm -hmm. Like how is it impacting the rest of your time? Is it affecting how you're treating the rest of your clients because you're so exhausted or irritated? So it's okay to let them go. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. (laughs) And after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have (laughs) copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I've never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. (laughs) To get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. We wrote them and you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice and we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right. It's just there. It's It's already in there. It's just already in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll send you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an S 101.com. Email templates 101.com. Yes. Head over for reviews and all of the specifics. Wonderful. Hey, enjoy. I want to talk about ideal client. Okay. Do you have an ideal client? Like, do you have characteristics or qualities or types or like sure. a niche? What what would you say yours is? Quick decision makers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's really funny because there's this TikTok out there right now of how how buyers have to look at houses now. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's them like sprinting through the house going, yeah, I like it. No, yeah, great. Okay, You're good. Like, this is my- I'm like, this is how I look at houses all the time. Perfect. Great. Even if we're not, even if we're in a market where houses are sitting on the market a hundred days. You're like, so do I you like it? I can walk in like a it? house and go, okay, this looks good. It's the ones that sit in the house for, you know, the full 30, 45 They're minutes. They're waiting on the feelings. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you like it? Do you not? Let's go. <laughs> All right, so decisive. Yes. Quality one. Quick decisive. What else? Um, prefers email. <laughs> that's fine. I think that's fair. Like prefers to just, you know, and, and even like texting and stuff, all fine. It's just I'm going, I'm not going to respond to you if it's in the evening. Okay, that's or, fine. you know. No, I want you to tell me exactly your ideal client. Yeah, respectful of my boundaries. Uh-huh. Prefers email, quick decision maker, level-headed. Take, here's my thing. I don't care how difficult you are. Uh-huh. If you will trust and listen to me, Ooh, good I will work with you all day long. Like I like, that's the, that's, I actually wrote that down, that I feel like I can work with a variety of people. Yeah. And here's why. Even if they are texters, it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. because I'm just not going to respond at that time. Right. So just because you're texting at seven o'clock at night, I'm not texting back at seven o'clock at night. Yeah. 
So it bothers me none. Right. I will text you back in the morning at 9 a.m. Yeah. About work things. Right. So some people, though, get really bent out of shape or, you know, I have someone that says, oh, I have this client that just doesn't respect my boundaries. They just keep doing this, even though I tell them not to. And I'm like, that it's not our job to control them. No. But they know what to expect. Right. So when I don't respond to a 7 p.m. text yeah. about something non-urgent, mm-hmm. they're okay because I'm going right. to respond the next morning. respond in the morning. So even if you're, like, I mean, think about how many given clients I have at one time. They're all different. Yeah. But I'm not different. No. I operate the same. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for someone to get under my skin. Right. Like, it's fine if they text me on their terms as long as they're okay with me responding on my terms. Right. Now, if they start saying things like, hello, (laughs) hello, like, I just texted you, then I might have to intervene and say, hey, I'll get that for you in the morning. Right. Right. That's when it becomes, when they act like I'm doing something wrong or or they're expressing that they're unhappy at that point, I might have to go, okay, maybe we're not working well together. Yeah, this isn't a good fit. If I can't make you happy, right. then maybe. And and this would be a good time. I wrote down a few episodes for like, if you're oh. having trouble uh-huh. where, because like that, that very rarely happens. But yeah. every now and then you get, you know, someone who's just hard to make happy. Yeah. Episode 24 oh. is client management, yes. managing their expectations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, episode number 55, when your clients are unhappy. Oh, yeah. And then episode 113, Be the Boss. Oh, yeah. Like, I know I, I'm the opposite of what they say to do. You know, they're always like, make this questionnaire to give your buyers and ask them how they prefer to communicate and what their <laughs> coffee order is because you're going to bring them. You do bring them coffee, though. But I'll text them on the way to an inspection. Okay, but fine. Potato, potato. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care because this is how I operate. That I can't, I I can't operate. Stand in your like confidence of this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to, this is, if if I'm going to be successful. Yeah. I have learned when I try to mold to fit other people. Right. I drop the ball. Yeah. I forget things because it's just not how I operate. Right. But, I think it's very possible for two different people to work together just fine as long yeah. as they respect each other. For sure. It's when the respect ends uh-huh. that things get to where you go, look, I just don't know if I can make you happy. And I'm sorry about that. Okay. So your ideal client was decisive, prefers email communicating, respectful boundaries, level-headed, listens to my advice, and is compliant. Yes. Coachable. 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 Okay. Yeah. So mine, this is from my 2021 vision statement but for years it's kind of been the same but i'll have it in my affirmations i'm gonna read it to y'all i only attract my ideal clients Hmm. okay i only attract my ideal clients these ideal clients are move up buyers entering the market every day and are happy motivated qualified realistic thankful respectful of my time and refer me often I love that. And those are the people who I want in my ecosystem, yeah. right? But what are some of the important things there? How how are they're happy? Mm-hmm. They're thankful. They're respectful of my time. They're motivated. They're qualified. Like I don't want just 
uh, you know, happy-go-lucky, but they can't get a loan. Like, right. no, no, no. Right. Who do you actually want? Everyone else, I should be okay with turning away. Yeah. Right? Like, well, th- this is who I'm looking for. So you have to put it out there. That's like when I had this investor. And y'all know I don't really, I don't work with right. investors anymore. Because, And you can go back and listen to the investors episode on why. But this this investor who I actually love, great person, great friend, would hang out with them all the time. But the investor part of real estate was taking up so much of my time. Mm-hmm. I, it was not profitable. I was actually, it is okay to think about real estate. It, okay. Like a business? Like a business. Like a yes. business. It's our job. It's our money. Yeah. We are doing this for ourselves and for our family. Right. So it's not that I've gotten, quote unquote, so big that I won't drive that far or work a certain price point. Right. That's not what it's about. Mm -mm. It's about, is it the right business decision for me and my family? Right. So if you're looking in Hammond, you know, an hour away, it would be better for me to refer you to a Hammond agent yes. and collect a small referral fee right. than to spend all that time going out there. It has nothing yes. to do with being too big or too good for that. Yeah. It's just an actual business decision. Right. Same thing with the investors. I had to look at the hours that I was spending and the return, which was none. And I was getting burnt out so bad on writing so many offers, 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 offers. And then we finally got one. And I was like, thank God. Okay. Well, then he canceled. And I just said, listen, that's it. I can't do this anymore. It's nothing personal. It's just actually not a good business decision for me. I am going to refer you to this agent who would be able to have more time on their hands to help you more. This agent wants to learn about all of these foreclosure systems, the HUD home store and the Fannie Mae right. home pa- Like there's so much that they would, I am They're just, love it. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And that's okay. And they're fine with it. But it's okay to look at things as a business decision and say, is this a smart thing to do? Right. Is this a good use of my time? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a great question. If you aren't sure, <laughs> oh, gosh. as soon as I tell you this, you're going to know. Have you ever had a client cancel an appointment and you thought, oh, thank goodness. Like do you have a showing or a listing and then they cancel and they're like, I, you know, we decided not to sell or we, we've decided not to buy. And you were like, phew, uh, dodge that bullet. Right. Then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, why was I even doing that? Yeah. Like I clearly didn't want that wasn't the client that I wanted. Right. But the universe <laughs> fixed it for you. Yeah. But it happens sometimes where someone cancels an appointment. I'm like, oh, good. Or like, oh, I sold it to my friend already. And I'll be like, oh, fine. Okay. Fine. It's all, it's it's all okay. working out. So I think it's just an interesting like signpost where you're like, listen to yourself. How do you feel when they call and you're or you're getting ready for that appointment? Are mm-hmm. you excited? Mm-hmm. Is it something that you want to do? Are you looking forward to marketing that house? If it's too challenging or outside of your area or something that you're just not happy about, why can't you refer it out? Yeah. Why do you have to, you don't have to do all the business. Correct. Okay, I got some stats for you on our local market. Okay. So when I'm thinking about it in the in the context of, let's say I wanted to sell 40 houses. Okay. That's kind of like my high level. 
I'm not trying to sell 40 houses this year, but let's just say I am. In 2021, in the two parishes where I work, so East Baton Rouge and Ascension, 9,831 houses were sold. Oh my gosh. Houses are attached or detached. So 9,831 houses sold in 2021. Wow. If I wanted to sell 40 houses, that is 0.4% of all the houses that sold. It is a tiny less than what less than a half a percent less than half a percent do you know how many agents are needed to sell 9800 houses a lot you need those agents and you need people i know the flip side of that is i think we're over 3000 agents for sure right Mm -hmm. and if 10,000 houses sold they each if we divided it evenly what like three houses a per that's not a way to live right right right. we can't each sell three but there's so many people in our board i don't know about others that sell one or none right like over half i think sell one or none yeah there there was a huge portion that sold so it's just an interesting way to look at it like go look at the numbers are you stressed you're like my market isn't big enough for everyone well how many houses sold Mm -hmm. how many are you trying to sell it's probably a drop in the bucket I experienced this also a lot this year whenever this was the first year where I had several calls from buyers that said, hey, Alyssa, so-and-so gave me your name and number. Mm -hmm. We have been trying to buy a house for three months, four months. We have not been successful. We're thinking we need to change agents. And you're like, no, you need to change markets. Yes. (laughs) And I have had to say, listen, I hear what you're saying. You're not the first person that has said it. Unless you're having an actual problem with your realtor professionally. Right. I'm just letting you know it's going to be the same with me. Like I can't magically change the market. Right. I mean, I can offer you some advice, but the biggest thing is that is, are your offers strong enough? I can't change the yeah. fact that you're an FHA buyer or I no. can't change the fact that you can't go over asking in a bidding war. Like there's things that I can't magically fix. No. And also, anytime someone comes to you from another agent and they're not happy, it lets me know you're blaming the agent. Right. Their Maybe, loyalty is already Right. They're, lo- they're already seeking elsewhere. Yeah. So how am I going to... And sometimes on a listing appointment, I can remember that listing appointment I went on when they were like, oh, so are you going to do an open house like on this weekend? And I said, well, no, sir. That's not how I do it. Well, the other agent said that they would. And I said, well, I don't do that. And then I explained why. And he liked my answer. And it all made sense. Yeah. But it was like, I wasn't here to people please you. Yeah. If you're asking me to, you know, when a seller says, are you going to be present for every showing? No. No. I'm not. No. But there are agents that will say, if you want me to, no, I'll be present for every showing. Hard pass. Hard pass. Not going to do it. There are other things that we have to do with our time to make sure we are being wise business owners. Right. And doing what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm telling, this doesn't really matter if you're new Mm -hmm. or if you're seasoned or if you're busy or if you're slow, Mm -hmm. because if you can implement these things, if you can know what you want, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Especially, I think if you're new, you're not really sure. You maybe haven't given thought to what your ideal client is because you just want a client. Yeah. But think about it. If you can come up with a plan and be intentional about 
who your ideal client would be and maybe put forth effort in that area, it will, you know, your vibe will attract yes, your tribe. It yes. will start coming to you. Right. What you put out there will come back. I wrote it in my notes. What you focus on grows. So yes. Like, what are you thinking about? What are you talking about? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Just even if you took that first time buyer, that you're probably going to get some more first time buyers. Yeah. And, and that's a good example too. Like even in this market. So I used to like first time home buyers were my favorite because yeah. I like the coaching side of so it. Fun. I love helping They're and so thankful. explaining. I know. But then you realize, oh, this market is really hard for first-time home buyers, for buyers in general. Right. So now it's like instead of saying, hey, guys, anyone out there looking to buy? I'm like, hey, any, I need some more listings. Yeah. It's like maybe you're only asking for listings. Right. Maybe instead of the usual tagline of, are you looking to buy, sell, or invest? I mean, no. At this point, mine just says, you looking to sell? Please let me sell your house. I don't want to work with you if you're looking to invest. And if you're looking to buy, just let me sell your house. Right. I know. It's so funny. So my niche for a while, for the last several years, has been move up buyers because that's what I liked. It was fun to navigate. I enjoyed it. It's not that anymore. It's not as fun. Now it's sellers. Yeah. Well, it's not as fun and it's hard to do. And I, because of the way my schedule has worked out, I need listings. Buyers don't fit for me right now. Yes. So I refer them out. And you know what? Yes. I probably make less money on buyers referring them out. Obviously, even if I get 25 it's 25% when I could have got 100, right? Mm-hmm. But what were you doing with the time when you weren't working with that person? Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Like, do you need to be with your kids right now? What is the season of your life? Like, what in the summer, I my kids are home. So, can I work with buyers easily right now? No, it right. would be really difficult. So, it's just your niche can change. What you're trying to attract can change. Um, it's all in what you're saying to yourself, what you're saying to the public, what you're saying to your friends. Like, what are you saying to other age? Like, mm-hmm. you just have to put out there and focus on what you want. And that can change. It can change every quarter. Yeah. It can change every year. It doesn't have to be so, like, final and fine. Like, okay, I'm a move up buyers only. Sure. Maybe now I feel like I want to go back to some first-time buyer. Yeah, you don't have to make any declarations. Right. You just don't have to. But we get very set in our ways. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we do. And so then you can be – I guess this episode is just as much about attracting what you do want as it is saying no to what you don't want. Well, it's very hard for agents to say no. It's hard for me, too. I understand that. It's it's still hard. It is very hard. But if you know for sure – Okay, for example, you, because one of our recording days, got to witness the phone call I had <laughs> with a client who was buying a, a condo for their child to go to school mm-hmm. and the anxiety that came to her with that purchase. It was okay. high level, high level. I was on the phone, on the phone, on the phone, and I couldn't get her to trust me. I couldn't get her to trust the home inspector. It was a very emotional decision for her mm-hmm. and I was as patient as I possibly could. It's funny because, side note, the other day I told Haven, like, Haven, when when we leave Mimi's house, you know, when you need to give her a hug, don't just, you know, shrug. She gave her a, a weak hug, okay? <laughs> You're like, give her I a said, real hug? I said, Haven, you need to be kind. And Haven said, I was kind. And I said, but she does so much for you. You just need to let her know. And Haven goes, that's all the kind I have. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and and when she said that, I went, 
Okay. I actually understand Fine. that. It's your life. When I was talking to this parent, I'm thinking, this is all the patience. This is, this I've is given everything I, I have. I have no more for you. And then you messaged me and you said, hey, we have someone that's looking for a referral for a LSU condo. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can't. You're like, no, not, I'm still I can't do it again. recovering. <laughs> Maybe in four months. Right. I would take it, but right now let's you know, refer ironically, it. I totally thought of that scenario. When I sent you that message, I'm like, I guess I'll ask, but I feel like this has got to be a no. Yeah, because you I just saw have, what I, might I told, went through. If you said yes, I might have been like, don't you remember? Don't you remember the last time? Right, right. It's a no. You say it's a yes, but it's a no. That's like so sometimes funny. you just have to be aware of, wow, that type of transaction really took right. it out of me or are you are you setting if you if you do work with investors you certainly can and and i will say some of that does have to do with me being busier yeah but when i was when i was working with investors i still had very strict systems in place yeah. we're not going to go see all of these homes mm-hmm. i'm going to research them ahead of time yeah. save us some trips on the ones that aren't worth yes. looking at you're going to do some driving. Like I'm running this ship. Right. So if I'm going to work with you on this deal, this is how we this is how yeah. we do it. This is how I'm going to survive the transaction right. and get us to a successful place. But it takes us setting the client expectations yeah. so that they are not disappointed. Right. But or this, they know what to expect. And it's not just surviving the transaction. It's how do you survive this career? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you have a long-term real estate career if you don't do these things? Right. If you don't turn away the clients that aren't a fit, if you don't give the boundaries, if you don't do all of these things, like, how how are you going to do this for, you know, 20 plus years mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't have any of this in place? So when you think about who your ideal clients are, Think about how do you feel in your day-to-day work life? Mm -hmm. Like, where do you picture, if you could picture yourself with a docket full of the perfect clients, how many are there? Is Mm -hmm. it five? Is it 10? Is it two? What type of people are they? What do they do? The better you can visualize that and really put some black and white to it, like this, these are my qualifications, Mm -hmm. you should be interviewing your clients just as much as they're interviewing you. Yeah. You should be saying, okay, well, unfortunately, you're not a fit for me because I have my kids after four and you can only look after four. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to refer you out. Like I can't just make it work. Right. That means you're sacrificing something else you already said was your like your schedule, your well, plan. Well, that's a really big thing because if I have a client that specifically tells me we can only look after five, I tell them that is a problem. Yeah. And I'll offer them, listen, I may not be able to show you every house. I have an assistant that might have to meet sometimes. I can't always be there. If that's a problem, we can just I can just refer you to somebody else so yeah. you're working with one agent. If you're okay with me having help to accommodate your schedule, yeah. that's how this is going to be. I think it's just letting them know, setting what, expectations okay. properly. I have one like that too recently because I'm getting better at this. I had a buyer call off of like, where did you find me? Online. Okay. They were moving from out of state. It was a great, lo- you know, the, it was the area I work. It was, you know, a good price range. It was fine. Except they were coming in from out of state only on the weekends to look. And I'm like, that really doesn't fit with my lifestyle right now. And I told them, I said, I am going to partner with a showing agent and they're going to handle your showings. Are you okay with that? Sure. Great. Great. And I paid another agent to do all of the shows. And you know what? You did that without having to form a team. No, I sure did. You just helped, had help for that one specific client. No, yeah, they did all of the showings. I mean, for a certain fee per hour and 
they were fine with it. They were happy with the result. I went to the, you know, once we they found the right house, I wrote the offer. Because mm-hmm. the client wanted, I think, my knowledge, my advice. They wanted to work with me. Yes. I went to the home inspection. I went to the, like, I did all the normal stuff. I just didn't do the weekend showings. Right. That's it. I didn't want to do weekend showings, so I didn't do weekend showings. Mm-hmm. It was actually delightful. Worked out. And at the end, I gave the other agent a nice little bonus. And she said, well, you didn't have to do this. And I said, but I wanted to. I want to. Thank you. Because it really helped me out. Exactly. I had, I listed a house yesterday and I immediately got a sign call and she was like, Alyssa, hey, I just saw your sign. We're moving here from Tennessee. We're actually in town. Um, We would love to see this house. I said, no problem. Have you talked to anybody about your budget yet? Have you looked at numbers? No, but we are very confident in our price point in this and that. And I said, look, these Pacific sellers, they work from home and they have two dogs. Whoever comes in the house has to be pre-approved. I said, it'll take 20 minutes on the phone. Yeah. We can get it done quickly. And she said, okay, no problem. So she calls the lender. He calls me back and says, hey, they can't buy right now. They have some things on their credit. Yeah. They're going to have to work on it. Okay. But I thought. You could have just ran over there. I could have just ran over there. You could have popped on over. And then she was like, thank you so much. We had no idea. We have a game plan together. Perfect. And then, so like, that's like one of my things is like, I'm, oh, it's really thundering outside. I know. It's gotten very dark and gloomy. (laughs) Um, But just her even saying like, thank you so much for telling me that. We didn't even know. I have never Never, never, never had a client who was upset I was honest with them. Never. A seller, a buyer, if you just tell them what the truth, what the truth is of the market, what the truth is of the process, what the truth is about getting their house ready for sale. Yeah, they may not love the message, but they still need to know. It's the Mm -hmm. truth is the truth, right? right? Like it's not going to change just because I didn't tell you or I sugarcoated it or I waited until you found out the hard way. Well, here's the thing. If you won't go get pre-approved, you're not my ideal client. Thank you. You're not someone that I want to work right. with because I can't even coach you on step one. Right. You're not going to do you're not what a I fit. advise this whole time. If this I is know. how it's going in the beginning, I how's know. it going to go the rest of the but transaction? But when you're new and you don't have a lot of clients, you're just like, you oh, think, I'll bend this rule or I'll just try. I want something to do. But the truth of the matter is if they can't buy, they can't buy. If you want something to do, you need to practice implementing your boundaries and running your business like a business and being the professional yeah. that takes practice too yeah so you're either practicing being the pushover doormat or you're practicing yeah. being the professional implementing right. your boundaries right and if you can start by doing it oh if you can <laughs> our, our, our camera just Shoot. went off sorry youtube <laughs> um but if you can start by, here's the thing. People say, well, when I get busy, I'll implement boundaries. Right, or, no, because all you've done now is train yourself for yeah, bad behavior. Exactly. Yeah. And it will only continue coming because you'll, you'll you're just, just inviting it, it. You're just inviting it. Yes, yes, yes. You're never going to be able to to get it together. No. It would it would take a dramatic boundary boot camp right. to get you there. <laughs> we should run one of those. I it's know. a boundary boot camp. I know. Oh, I know. Okay. Anything else on the you don't want to work with everyone front? Um, I'm about to list a house tomorrow. Okay. That was previously, this house was previously on the market for 390 days. Okay. 
thunder. Cue the thunder and gloom. It is a little bit it's of a, a doom and scary. gloom situation. Um, and her agent was just awful. Right. In okay. a hot market. In a hot, hot market. It was on the market for 390, 390 days. days. And she said he never called checked in gave feedback did anything so now she kind of hates agents fair and is somewhat taking it out on me oh but i'm viewing her as a challenge (laughs) sure because i'm determined to like win her back okay? okay and she's doing what I like, she has emptied the home and painted right. and removed her drapes. Right. We, and, are, we all heard the story of the paint. Right, right. So she's really working with me. Okay. So I'm like, as, I mean, you're listening. So right. I will bear with you. And when you get upset or emotional about something, I will let you feel your feels, but I'm not going to feel the feels also. I'm right. just going to care about you and keep doing my job. Okay. But I have just had to, she has asked me very specific questions about what I will be doing, how we will communicate. And I have told her how I do. And I said, but listen, if you feel like you need to talk to me, pick up the phone and call me. Or if you need something, tell me. Like, don't be like you were with the other agent and just just wonder. Yeah. If you find yourself. What are you doing? Yeah. If you find yourself wondering, just pick up the phone and call me. Yeah. And like, Let's let's work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's one that I have had to because she's been like hurt by previous yeah. agent and wasted time and money. I mean, it's a big financial thing for her. Yeah, I'm trying to set her expectations properly. Yeah, and just make sure that everything is done how it needs to be done. But she's one that we are very different, and we d- we aren't the same at all. But I feel like I could work well with her. Yeah. And do this, you know, so it's not that everyone's perfect. Right. But if you have systems in place to handle them Mm -hmm. or manage them, look, it can still work out. Even the perfect client in the wrong situation Mm -hmm. can get a little dicey. Yeah. So it's really, it it changes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I hope that it works out. I've never wanted to sell a house so bad. You were saying that earlier. I'm, I'm, my Mm. fingers are crossed. Me too. Okay. I'll go find you a buyer. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. No kidding. I'm not working with buyers right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if I find one for that, I will absolutely represent them. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Great. Uh, all good? Okay. Let's do a toast. Today's toast comes to us from Kat Johnson. And Kat Johnson is in St. Louis, Missouri. Fun. With Keller Williams Realty. She's going to toast to her mom. Oh, I love these. Daisy Fish. My mom is in real estate as well. She grew up in real estate on her team, and now she's a solo agent for just over a year. My mom has been a huge supporter of me and my business and truly has taught me so much. I'm so thankful she encouraged me into the business and took the time to groom me into the great realtor I am today. I love that. Now I'm able to leave a legacy for my family that I was unsure I would be able to do prior to this. Oh, that's neat. She says, cheers, mom. Cheers, mom. Cheers, mom. So cheers to Stacy and thank you to Kat. And um, you guys just get out there and attract those ideal clients. I know. I liked this episode. So good. Good reminders. Yeah. Even for yourself, right? Yeah. Yes, always a good sure. reminder. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.